homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Welcome to all the monks and novices and blessings to all the laity, all of you who have the determination to train in the teachings of the Buddha. Our Lord Buddha had great and boundless compassion with no equal. A wise person has praised the virtues of the Buddha that they are like the vast limitlessness of space. The virtues of the Buddha are so numerous. Before the Buddha attained enlightenment, he had built his barami, his spiritual perfections. He sacrificed his life in order to benefit all the multitude of sentient beings. The Buddha said, If one took a small needle and stuck it into the ground, there is not a single spot that you wouldn't find the bones of the Buddha. Wherever one poked into the ground, one would find the bones of the Buddha. The meaning of this is that the amount of births and deaths of the Buddha is just so numerous. And our Buddha had met the past Buddhas and built Barami with an uncountable number of past Buddhas. So our Buddha had built Barami for such a vast amount of time. Our Buddha went through countless births and deaths for the welfare of mankind. The Buddha saw the suffering of the endless cycle of birth and death. He saw the suffering of the multitudes of human beings. If suppose we took the mass of suffering of mankind, of all the human beings in this world, and gathered it together, then the Buddha had the aspiration to help all the human beings in this world to be free from suffering. Like in the present day situation, of the infectious COVID-19 virus, where every person has fear and has separation with the people they love. Even those helping, the doctors, nurses and medical personnel who save people, many of them die too. The Buddha aspired that the people who have suffering like this be free from suffering. And not just only in one life, because dying from COVID-19 is only dying in this one life. That's all. But in the sangsara that an individual's mind arises in, there is cycling through endless births and deaths. It is suffering again and again, suffering on and on. It is like this for an uncountable number of lifetimes and existences. So the Buddha wanted to help all these sentient beings to become free from suffering. So he perfected his spiritual qualities which was done through so much trouble and difficulties. It was done for the purpose that all sentient beings could truly become free from suffering. And sometimes our minds have kindness and compassion like this as well. When there is a pandemic arising in humanity, where many people have to lose their lives, then we feel like we want to help these people to be free from suffering, to be free from sickness and disease just like the doctors and nurses who wish to save the lives of all the people who are sick with COVID-19. They put in their hearts and bodies and use their full abilities and skills. 
and the public who aren't doctors and nurses, they support the doctors and nurses with medical equipment, food, dwellings, to help ease some of their difficulties in these requisites. This is called a tiny part of our mind that has kindness and compassion, that wants to help people to be free from suffering, to overcome their sickness and disease. And for the Buddha, we can see that even in just one of his past lifetimes, he would have the kindness and compassion to help people be free from suffering, to save people's lives. But those people haven't yet become free from the endless cycle of birth and death, and so they have not yet truly overcome old age, sickness and death. There is still the suffering that comes from parting with the things that we like and love, having to experience with things that we don't like or want, or be with people who we don't like or hate, not gaining what one wishes for, that is suffering arising again, old age, sickness and death. All these sufferings overfill the minds of all people. Like what we chant in the morning pujas, every time we chant this verse of the suffering that will arise, that we will meet and that we will have to face. And the Buddha helps these people to be free from the suffering that comes from renewed birth and death in the continuing cycle of samsara. This is the unwavering great compassion and the great aspiration of the Bodhisattva that has built Bharami already. And however we praise the virtues of the Buddha, we can't praise them enough. It is just a tiny particle or a fleck of dust compared to the large expanse of space. They say that if the Buddhas praise the great compassion of the other Buddhas, it will be millions and millions of years, and they wouldn't even be able to finish praising them. They would still be praising the virtues of a Buddha. This shows that the great compassion of the Buddha is truly vast and limitless. So for us, even when we try to praise the virtues of the Buddha, it can be compared to the small voice of a bird, a little bird chirping into the vast, limitless expanse of the universe. When we praise the virtues of the Buddha through our chanting and puja, then we recollect the virtues of the Buddha, the great purity, the great wisdom, the great compassion of the Buddha. Doing this means we have great merit and barami and a lot of goodness. When the Buddha had attained enlightenment with his ultimate wisdom and became a rightly self-awakened Buddha all through his own efforts, he then enjoyed the bliss of liberation for the period of 49 days. No happiness could be compared to this. But it wasn't that the Buddha enjoyed this bliss of liberation and didn't teach anyone. The Buddha inspected all sentient beings to see if they would be able to receive the Dhamma of his, this Dhamma that was refined and difficult to comprehend. Would there be anyone? And when the Buddha contemplated this, he compared sentient beings to three types of lotus flowers. There were the groups that would be easy to teach, those that would be difficult to teach, and those that he could not teach at all. The Lord Buddha examined this with the divine eye of the Buddha and saw that some people have barami, they have little dust in their eyes, have a small amount of mental defilements, and they have a high level and strong spiritual faculties.
they would be able to comprehend the Dhamma. But some people had weaker spiritual qualities and wouldn't be able to comprehend it. But if they built their Barami, they later would be able to comprehend. Some people had a mix of wholesome qualities as well as unwholesome qualities. There were those who would easily comprehend and those who would find it difficult to understand. And there were some who would know right away. The Buddha compared this to the blue lotus plant, pink lotus plant, white lotus plant, or the blue lotus, pink lotus, white lotus flower. That is, they grow in the water, develop in the water. Some of them don't make it above the water and stay sunk in the water, supported by the water. Some of them just stay at the level of the water, but some of them rise above the water. The water does not stick to it. The Buddha examined with the divine eye of the Buddha and saw that this was similar to sentient beings. Amongst sentient beings, there were those that had little mental defilements and dust in their eyes. Some had lots of dust in their eyes. Some had strong spiritual faculties. Some had weaker faculties. So when the Buddha contemplated this, he saw that it was normal that there were sentient beings who had different levels of wisdom and ability to comprehend. So after gaining awakening, the Buddha was determined to teach the Dhamma. The Buddha then contemplated who he would teach. The Buddha remembered the two teachers that he had first gone to learn about Samadhi, Alara Kalama and Udaka Ramaputta. But the Buddha contemplated that both of these teachers had already passed away. So the Buddha thought of the Panchawagya, the five ascetics who had attended to him during the period the Buddha was practicing austerities. And he found with his special vision that the Panchawagya were residing in the Isipatana deer park near Varanasi city. So the Buddha determined to travel to Isipatana deer park in order to proclaim the Dhamma. And the journey the Buddha had to walk there was difficult and troublesome, some 260 kilometers away. We can envision the Buddha, who was born as a prince, who had the utmost refinements, and then left to practice torturous austerities, and who became awakened as a Buddha, and then still had the kindness and compassion to travel to go teach the Panchawagya 260 kilometers away. The Panchawagya eventually received and gained confidence to listen to the Buddha, having determination to listen to the teaching. The Buddha excellently summarized the core teachings in the Dhammachaka sermon on the Four Noble Truths, Dukkha, Suffering, the Cause of Suffering, the Cessation of Suffering, and the Path Leading to the Cessation of Suffering. And Venerable Anya Kodanya comprehended the Dhamma. He saw into the Dhamma, seeing the truth, the Satcha Dhamma, the truth of reality, that whatever is of the nature to arise is of the nature to cease. And this is how he gained the name Venerable Anya Kodanya. Here, the Buddha, after he had taught Venerable Anya Kodanya, he then practiced the Buddha Charya, the conduct of a Buddha to benefit three groups. The conduct of a Buddha is really magnificent. What are the three groups the Buddha benefited? The first conduct of the Buddha was the conduct for the benefit to the world. 
This was done through the daily routine of the Buddha. This had five periods to it. One, in the morning, the Buddha would go for alms round to help the sentient beings who desired merit. In the afternoon, teaching the Dhamma to those who desired to listen to the Dhamma. At night, giving a sermon to all the bhikkhus. At midnight, teaching and answering questions of the Dewas, the heavenly beings. And at the time, close to dawn, inspecting sentient beings that may be able to see the Dhamma. And then, when the Buddha taught them the Dhamma, this gave results according to the appropriateness of their underlying spiritual qualities, or the people's parami. This fifth daily routine of the Buddha is a special characteristic of the work of the Buddha, special to the point where when some people learn about Buddhism, they question why those people in the past attained so easily. But if we learn about the details of this, then there is no such thing as the word easy, because those people in the past were supported by their previous spiritual development as their important foundation. After that person entered the net of the Buddha's knowledge, the Buddha would know who that person was, their underlying spiritual faculties and development, and how the Buddha would have to teach them in order to gain results. And what were the results after the Buddha taught them? Every time the Buddha taught, it would have results. This is amazing. And this was because the Buddha would teach those people that he would be able to instruct and who would be able to comprehend it. This is Satta Dewa Manusanang. The Buddha was a teacher who was able to teach both human beings and all the Dewas to know and see the Dhamma. The second conduct of a Buddha was practiced to benefit all his relatives. Later, after the Buddha became awakened, he taught his relatives, and this led to many of his relatives to ordain. The Buddha taught his father, stepmother, Princess Yashodara, Venerable Rahula, and he invited many of his relatives to renounce the home life and to ordain to become bhikkhus and bhikkhunis. And the third conduct of a Buddha was the duty of the Buddha to lay down the training rules for overseeing the behavior of those that would come to ordain in the Buddha Sasana. This would advise those that had gone forth and for the householders to practice rightly according to their responsibilities. And the Buddha advised the people coming to ordain and those that declared themselves as male and female lay disciples in the way of the duty of a father to their child. The Buddha had kindness to teach many groups of people, from the king and queen, the king's retinue, the merchants, ascetics, brahmins, slaves, and to those who had lost their mind like Hisa Gotami, and even to teach the Dewas like Saka and the Brahma gods. And later, all these individuals gained noble virtue to varying levels, and at the minimum, they took refuge in the Triple Gem. And when we learn the suttas, we can see that the Buddha had been born in some of his previous lives as a human being, as an animal, but whatever life he was born in, he always had a beautiful mind that would help his friends and keep his group to be safe and well. 
and he taught Dhamma as well to be their refuge for their bodies and minds. This was done for countless lifetimes. This is the boundless and incomparable great compassion of the Buddha. The Buddha had laid the strong foundations of the Buddha Sasana. On this full moon of Asalaha Puja, this is when the triple gem was complete in the world. May all of us who are learning, may we be proud that we have faith and confidence in the Buddha. May we practice with faith, firmly upholding the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, and then our minds will progress to the level where we will attain the noble virtues following the Lord Buddha. May you all grow in Dhamma.